1: Maybe you've made it, and we're so glad you're here, all you Barbara Marks Hubbard fans from around the globe, gathered together, feeling the vibe from our evolutionary educator that we know and love. She's joining us this hour. We're so glad that we'll all be together. The Promise Will Be Kept, that is the title of her new book. We're going to be talking with Barbara Marks Hubbard this hour before we start the conversation, let's take the invitation to uh, do our practice together. first part of our practice that we do here on Marianne Live is, is get in presence by finding a breath. We want to receive the presents that are being offered, and so um, they say it's a good idea to get here first. So let's do that together. Give yourself a gift of your own attention, what truly is... A gift to be able to breathe in and out, and do so with consciousness, what's a bonus? So just noticing wherever you find yourself right now, just turning your attention inwards. If you're driving, don't worry, your cerebellum is there with you, helping you drive, right? Just finding your breath, like rubbing your belly and patting your head for the rest of us, wherever you are, moving or not. Noticing the quality of your breath. Noticing how you are with your body. And arriving, climbing your feet, wherever your rear end is, if you're sitting or standing, being held by the earth or the ground, just notice as you arrive more fully. We're also grateful you're taking care to do so, and it's setting an example for everybody else. Right. If we can calm our nervous system, we can receive, we can move through the world with intention, a little bit more conscious agency. So there you go. Our next part of our practice is finding a portal of gratitude. Oh, yes. I hear some of you groaning. It is not easy (laughs) to get grateful sometimes when life is just pulling us this way and that or it certainly feels like it. so much on your plate. Well, we all know when we find an authentic, very real place to be grateful, somehow life just gets better, bigger, lighter. We're connected in this moment to the gift of the moment. Let's just start there, right, with the breath. So what are you grateful for right now? Who made it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? Just pause with that as you find your way through. And let me go down my list of folks who make this program possible We're super grateful we wouldn't be able to talk with Barbara if it weren't for some of these folks supporting our effort to do so. The OneWorldChildrensFund.org, improving the lives of poor children. They envision a world where we act together as a global community to ensure all children have education, health care, and a safe home. They are our honorary sponsor here at Miriam Life. And on the national level, the National Action Organization, we're grateful for them. Uh, They're committed to changing the way our culture values each other naction.org for more information. They make programming like this possible. 100% of the proceeds goes to programming just like this. And then on the local level, which I love, 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 Open Secret Bookstore, it's one of the few bookstores left. It's still standing. All these years later, they've got the greatest... In Meditation and Revelation, if you're in Northern California and you like books and you want to touch Barbara Marks Hubbard's book, for example, and the velvety cover that she's uh, offered her new gift to us in, uh, check it out at Open Secret Bookstore. Uh, and .com if you're online to check out the events they've got going uh, pretty much seven days, seven nights a week. All right. We're here. We're moving towards gratitude, or maybe you're already there. And... And then you get all excited because I say Barbara Marks Hubbard and you just like are beside yourself. You're like, oh, my God, what is she saying now? I have to know what the heck she's saying. Well, for the one person out there who doesn't know Barbara, she's an evolutionary educator, speaker, and social innovator, author of six books that will rock and blow your mind, by the way. In 1945, when she was 15 years old, the first atomic bombs were dropped on Japan. This terrible act prompted Barbara to ask the fundamental question, what is the meaning of our new power that can be used for The good and what are the positive images of the future equal to these new powers well she's the co-founder of the evolutionary leaders council with andrew cohen and the co-founder of the and chairperson of the foundation for conscious evolution neil donald walsh wrote the bio of her entitled the mother of invention the legacy of barbara marx hubbard and the future of you and today we're going to be talking about our new book the promise will be kept uh welcome to the program barbara marx hubbard we're so glad you're here Thank you. Thank you so much. Big book. Big book. Big as the Bible.
2: Yeah. It's actually the Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation. The promise will be kept. Mm. Thank you for that. That's the real real title.
1: The real title. The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation. The promise will be kept. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for that correction everybody's online saying, I can't find the promise we've got <laughs> no, it's You're still a... in the right place. This is a 1,600-page manuscript that you pumped out in, in six months. Okay, you you got to tell the <laughs> story. It's a beautiful story. Well, the story is in 1980,
2: I was trying to write a book on the future of humanity as usual. I always trying to see what really is the next step. And I, I took a walk, got lost, saw the mount calvary monastery and there was a, a big cross in that beautiful monastery and there was a hang glider club jumping off the higher mountain floating above the cross in literally butterfly colored wings it's just like imaginal cells above the cross and i suddenly had this image of mass metamorphosis we uh, and St. Paul's phrase, behold i shall be a mystery we shall not all sleep we shall all be changed
0: And then I realized,
2: oh, my God, it's true. We are all being changed. And I put into loving God above all else, loving neighbor as self, loving yourself as a deep natural expression of the Christ, combined with science and technology. We will all be changed. Because If you put nanotech, biotech, quantum computing, zero-point energy, all of that into the mix of the evolving human, You end up with a new species. You end up with the capacity to do what Jesus did and more. So I went into the monastery, picked up the New Testament, opened it up at random, and began to realize that I knew what it meant from an evolutionary perspective. Jesus was an evolutionary being. He came in and he gave us a map of the next stage of evolution, including the pre crucifixion Jesus, and then the post crucifixion or resurrection Jesus was like a light body who could materialize and dematerialize and I'd already more or less thought that is the next stage of, of uh, evolution. you know we're not going to be homo sapiens beings and animal bodies forever. Why would we evolution is continually creating new species. what if it's doing it in us? So as I went in, I began to read, and every passage I read, I opened my mind. It wasn't channeled, most of it. It was simply expanded knowing.
1: Hmm. And, and it was was totally marvelous, totally wonderful. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, you know, one of the things I'll ask, if I might be so uh, bold as to ask, your, your heritage um, uh, is more aligned with the Old Testament, correct? Um, Well, I'll tell you, I came from a a Jewish, agnostic, totally
2: secular family. I never even was told I was Jewish because my father, uh, who was first born American, but his his parents had come over, didn't want to have anything to do with the the past. Mm -hmm. So I had a very, I wouldn't say that I have Jewish genes, if you want to put it that way, (laughs) but I... And I think that there's a lot probably in me that has that passionate desire to evolve that's in the Jewish, mm-hmm. and certainly in Jesus, Jesus was the greatest Jew that ever lived. Right. And so I, I, I wouldn't say my heritage is actually an open uh, open sesame of what could be
1: right. Yeah, and and what does that even mean? I mean, so many of us are exploring the, the you know, our own uh, epistemological orientation with what's been offered up, right? So yes, yeah. Following your very interesting journey, uh, becoming a futurist uh, for folks who don't know what that means, would you pause there for just a minute? An evolutionary educator, if you will, what does that mean? Well, see, evolution is. Recently, it's not Darwinian
2: evolution, random selection, uh, you know, of different biological species by the process of natural selection. The evolutionary perspective takes the much bigger perspective of the 13.8 billion years of evolution, goes back to the original Big Bang, realizes that energy, matter, and life was encoded in there by the very nature of the way it was designed. And that that nature um, is exactly who we are and what what we are becoming because it was encoded in there from the beginning. Okay. So when you say evolutionary perspective, you have to have evolutionary eyes, meaning that you need to go within the um, story of creation as a universal perspective. You have to become ecstatic which is to say stand outside of, you can't do it within the framework of the lifespan of a human being.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's the evolutionary perspective, and one of the things I have been able to learn from Teilhard to Chardin Sri Aurobindo and many of these marvelous evolutionary uh, scholars and spiritual teachers is, is I'm an evolutionary. I'm coded with this. Mm. And what I'm finding is not everybody is.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: I'll tell you, I said that there are two kinds of people. There's homo progressivists, attracted to the future. There's an organism, I think, for the unknown, And then there's homo bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> and homo bourgeois trying to keep things, or go back, you know. <laughs> so we have all this kind of uh, reaction, reactive, reactionary politics. Reactionary religions, including extremists, jihadism, and all of that—that's mm-hmm. running rampant. While at the same time, there's this emer- emerging group. Mm-hmm. I'm think, one uh, of those.
1: What do you think, Carl Jung would say about that? The tension of opposites. Would he say that that is part of an evolutionary individuation? That these fric- these these opposites are, are necessary to bring forward what's coming? What, what do you think about that idea? Well, I think.
2: True, but when you think of evolution as a 1000000000 year process of bringing in higher order, higher consciousness, greater freedom, more complexity, that's really not just the opposite. Hmm. So what we're dealing with here right now is a fear-based anti-evolutionary, desire to control, Gain power in many different ways. Let's say starting with ISIS and going into reactionary politics, and reactionary in any culture, whether the United States, the Muslim people, that type that wants to return to the past, that wants to control, that's willing to kill, those types. Mm-hmm. Um, over here, we have the people attracted to what's emerging, and re- mainly moving out of love and creativity. So I think the people who can do that, who are innately patterned to be attracted to that, are the most precious human resource on Earth. Hmm.
1: Yeah, well, it seems there is a divide, and depending on how you look at it, if we're looking at it through, from your perspective, this evolutionary perspective, where we've got folks in two camps. Uh, You know, uh, some people might be caught in the middle. I'm not sure where you find yourself. If you're just joining us, the evolutionary testament of co-creation. Sound familiar? Oh, well, it's Barbara Marks Hubbard's new book. Uh, She's got the foreword written by Neil Donald Walsh, by the way. We know you've got a lot of fans online uh, right now and all over the world uh, listening in, Barbara. And you've got our attention because I'll tell you, the future is something that most of us who are interested are are a little bit frightened of given the dismal sort of, uh, uh, you know, forecast, okay? It's right. just a little a little scary, and you're going to take us there. You're going to take us through um, the New Testament and explain why you think that the time is now, right? This fullness is here, and this the Christ consciousness. If we tap into it, we can move from this, Sort of egocentric or bourgeois-based uh, reality, maybe uh, into higher consciousness, um, and we're going to do it together this hour. So, yeah, um, let's talk a little bit about why the New Testament um, and what that is. For some folks, don't even know, you know, what that is, and why you chose the four Gospels uh, that you did. Um, and, and let's, yeah, let's start from there. Let's give it a little bit of a, a platform here for your inquiry. Well the last thing i expected to do was go to the new testament and write
2: this it's just that when i was trying to write something on the future of humanity and I i was inspired by these um butterfly colored rings above the cross and i got the image of mass metamorphosis so what i, I did by looking at the new testament i was stunned that it coded evolution but couldn't have been understood this way until A generation came when we gained the powers of gods. You know, Jesus quoted, I guess it's the Old Testament, don't you know ye are gods? Mm. Well, Mm. I think that's what happened with the atomic bomb. We can blow up worlds. We can create new worlds. And given all that power, I began to realize that the New Testament can give us a whole pattern on how to live and be, because you see, we're going through a period of crisis. We're going through a period of evolutionary crisis. And everybody's saying, we can't continue to grow this way and survive. Mm-hmm. So that's like a baby in the womb. Mm-hmm. There comes a time in the night, it cannot continue to do it. So, well, that's happened to us. You can see the devolutionary scenario destroy a life support system and worse. We also are beginning to see an evolutionary scenario, and here's what I think it is, if we can envision right now connecting people and projects already working toward healing and evolving the world, we would see we've got a new culture already, but we're all separated. Mm-hmm. Except for shows like this, the media doesn't pick it up. So the average person doesn't know what's being born. All they know is what's not working. Mm-hmm. All they know is it's a tragedy breakdown. Mm-hmm. They do not know the, because the mass media doesn't pick up what's emerging. Yeah.
1: You know, it's funny. Jeanette Paris, who's a psychologist. She says that cultures will stay stuck until the new archetypal symbol comes forward to constellate around because you've got to see it to move towards it, right? So that's what you're saying. We've got it here, but we just need to point it out. Uh, so we can move towards it and start to organize around it, yeah? Uh, Yes, no, I think
2: the new archetypal symbol is the feminine co-creator. Sorry,
1: I kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) that
2: (laughs) The new archetypal symbol is the woman who is activated from within by her own creator, Mm -hmm. Impulse.
1: And not to worry, guys. We all have feminine inside you. Okay? This talking to all of us. Don't hang out. Stay tuned. <laughs> and what, what the feminine co-creator loves the masculine co-creator, but
2: it's easier to be a feminine co-creator than a masculine because the masculine are much more, in, you know, in, in impelled by the existing
1: structure of the world. Mm-hmm. How do you succeed? Yeah. So we're talking about the resurrection of the divine feminine a little bit here. Okay. And I wouldn't even say resurrection because
2: we've never had an opportunity for women at a time of planetary crisis, at a time of enormous communication capacities like us on this phone, this woman then becomes a cultural co-creator, the like of which we've never seen before. Mm. That's beautiful. Well, we she all, yeah. she, calls, she calls in the mail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because men, men tend to do what women really want. Hmm. I love it. And as women have fewer and fewer children, we have more and more creativity uh, to spare.
1: All right. So uh, riddle me this, then. So we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, dudes, guys, 50 years after Jesus is gone, that Constantine, Constantine, the ruler of Rome, right, he said, all right, we're going to put this book together to help rule the people. Granted, you go through each of these uh, apostles' uh, liturgies and, and, and so forth, they're offering, um, and you do extrapolate in a very unique way their messaging. But before, before that happened, how is it that, that that configuration, the way this New Testament came forward, uh, in, was that an unconscious act with some a greater divine feminine force in, in the works here already? Do you know what I'm saying? Because this is a very male uh, uh, text uh, uh, that we're we're, we're looking at uh, from a feminine perspective. Is that what we're doing here? Well, I'm a woman, and I
2: saw it with the eyes of an evolutionary being. And I feel I am am one of many who have incarnated the evolutionary impulse. Mm -hmm. And I am definitely an archetype. I'm, one of the things I want to do with that idea is invite others who feel there are our types to come forward. You're, you're incarnating the creator within as your own
1: creativity. Right. All right. Hold that thought. Barbara Marks Hubbard, she's with us. She's on Marion Live. We're so excited she's here. Check out her website while we're at the break, uh, barbarmarkshubbard.com or evolve.org. Uh, we're talking about the evolutionary testament of co-creation right here on Miriam Lab. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Get a copy of her book, uh, several of them. Pass it out to your friends. In the meantime, uh, we'll be right back. Sit tight. everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Comarado.
2: and I'm David Reall.
1: We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. honey, did you know that forty four percent of the u.s. population is single and over fifty percent end in divorce
2: yet,
1: Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
0: .com. Hi, I'm Katie Couric. I've interviewed world leaders, CEOs, and celebrities. But my most important role has been as a mother. I've worked hard to encourage my two girls to believe in themselves. Girls with high self-esteem are better prepared to navigate life's challenges. So join me as we empower the next generation. This message was brought to you by the Alliance for Women in Media and made possible through the support of Dove and the Dove Self-Esteem Fund. Working together to help girls reach their full potential. To learn more, go to Dove.com. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Welcome
1: back, all you Barbara Marks Hubbard fans. Old and new... Middle of the road, just checking in for the first time, doesn't matter. You are in the right place. The evolutionary testing <laughs> co creation. If you are interested in, in evolution uh, uh, you are definitely in the right place. We are a conversation with Barbara Marks Hubbard, who's joining us talking about her new book, The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation. Before the break, um, Barbara, I had asked you, and you know, we were talking about the uh, the feminine, the feminine aspect of co-creation, and that that calls forward the masculine, which generally isn't about co-creation. It's just a different energy, a different vibe, and it's never... We've never had a time where this has been, uh, this energetic, this consciousness has been so present. So we're, we're not really sure what it looks like or what it means, but you've got a pretty good idea. So what I asked you based on that was, okay, well then why are we looking at the four primary gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, out of the New Testament? And you were about to start to break that down for us a little bit, because I had said, you know, Constantine, the ruler of Rome, he threw these primary gospels together as a way to try to control the people, some say. Others say it is divinely inspired, blah, blah, blah. But what you're saying is you were looking at it through different eyes of evolutionary beings. So let's take it from there. Well,
2: you know, the thing interesting about the written word, the way the story is told is the way it happens and the way it's received. So this story... They made all these selections. You're quite right. And the Nicene Creed and uh, Constantine more or less standardized the New Testament. So the truth is that whatever is written there is what most people in the world think is the story. Right. And the way I looked at it was not exactly what happened and when did Jesus say what he said because most of it was written way after he had died and nobody knew him. The yes.
1: earliest writing, yeah.
2: So the way I looked at it is this story, as written, however it got written, has changed the world. And my question that that started all this was what story could we tell now of comparable importance to our culture as the as the story of the birth of Christ was to the world. And here's what I, I received and I would say from a Christ inspiration, this is many years before the book, I received our crisis is a birth of a co-evolving, co-creative humanity. And what Christ and all the great avatars came to tell us is true. We're one body, born into the universe, learning to co-create with nature, with God, and with each other. We're a new, a new species. Go tell the story, Barbara. So I received an enormous gift. And the gift I received was, a, was an impulse of the nature of the process of creation, As our, that, that the Bible was a story, and now we have to have our story. It's not, and it, it, it takes off from the Bible. So the Bible is an inspiration for the new story that we are beginning to develop. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, um, we have a new tell. so I became a storyteller not of the Bible, but of the of the actual evolutionary story of creation. Mm-hmm. And my book, Conscious Evolution, leads out what I think is the new worldview of our time, and that new worldview is the, the worldview of conscious evolution, which is to say evolution has been going on for billions of years but we're the very, very first species in which it has become conscious. Mm-hmm. And so that consciousness of, of that species that we, in fact, are has uh, dawned on us, and I'm a writer of a new story of creation. Mm-hmm. So when I went back to the New Testament, I realized that much of the new story, if you see the New Testament with evolutionary eyes, is coded in
1: there, literally, mm-hmm. much of it. Starting with, you say that Christ is, is an archetype, right, um, for humanity's current journey from egocentric to ego freedom. So he's right. moving away from being uh, uh, godlike in the, sort of the old paradigm, but now he's archetypal in, in, from this perspective, yeah?
2: He's archetypal, and, but what is interesting as compared to some other gods, Godlike beings. Everything that you read about him—he was trying to tell us: you are going to do the work that I did.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm here as your
2: friend. He tried not to be a god,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but to show people the real power of this is: this is who you are going to become, mm-hmm. and that
1: is really the new part. This okay. <laughs> is what you are to become. Right. So you look through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's work uh, through that lens, right? Because they came back with, they each had their own unique uh, thing to say. For example, Matthew, I think he had the Lord's Prayer, right? Not that John John had a, no, Luke had a shorter version in there, but like they each had their own perspective on what Jesus actually said. Um, yes. And you go in, in this particular portion, which I'm so looking forward to hearing that, and, and help us interpret through this lens uh, that we are going to uh, bring about consciousness by being conscious ourselves in the way that Jesus represented. That's it. And I believe that was his
2: message, and that it couldn't have happened until a generation came along with the powers of God, and namely through science and technology.
1: Tell you me know, more, we more have, about that. Oh. I'm not sure what that means. Well, you realize that, that, like, I'm sitting here with my cell phone in my hand,
2: and that cell phone is capable of reaching you. If I, if I click on something, I have the wisdom of the entire ages in the palm of my hand mm-hmm. through Google. Mm-hmm. I have the ability to look up anything, create anything, communicate with anyone. Just that. hmm you see, we take these things for granted, but it's like you take your thumb for
1: granted.
2: Yeah, yeah. You take your larynx for for granted. Mm-hmm. Those are body parts that were invented
1: mm-hmm.
2: through the evolutionary process. So we have a huge extension of body capabilities. You know, we can download ourselves into uh, silicons. So, <laughs> I think, you know, through artificial intelligence, we can upload ourselves into another form. We can leave this earth. In spacecraft, we can um, understand coding of the DNA and create new things, et cetera, et cetera. You put all of that in, we are given powers of God without the impulse as to how to use the power for the good. So I feel if we can bring high love and high technology together, we'll see we're already in species.
1: So, what do we think about? Okay, my first response to that is okay. That feels a little goody two shoes to me, right? With all due respect, I think I don't know how to transcend my shadow bits, but I do know how to pay attention and watch for them. Is that what you're? You're not saying that we'll be a race of utopia where people don't have the impulses to behave badly, or have negative thoughts, or even do crappy things. if, If I'm hearing you correctly. You're saying that there's greater consciousness about the way that we're organized, but we our impulse will be to actually make the choices towards good. Is that is that accurate? I think what what's so is if we don't do that, we'll go
2: extinct.
1: Yeah.
2: In other words, this is a moment of evolutionary choice. The only difference for us is we've made it conscious. We're making it consciously. Right. There have been five mass extinctions before us. Billions of us have been made extinct <clears throat> there's nothing to say one of those species to be made extinct yeah. the only difference is we know we could cause
1: it by our own action right all right well that thought we we're getting back in just a minute with barbara Mark hubbard right here on marion live the evolutionary testament of co-creation oh hope for the future oh you know you'll be here when we get back right after these messages it's type right back in just a minute
0: of seeing everyone around me partnered but not me I'm pretty and smart so why can't I find someone I'm tired of being the single girl at the party and going home alone I'm lonely and depressed and feel like there's something wrong with me that was me venting now I have completely changed my perspective to love and dating after I have discovered the book sexy secrets to a juicy love life Proven tips successful women use that help them avoid frustration, unhappiness, and the worry they'll be alone forever. Soulmate expert Lori Abella, together with 29 other experts, reveals sexy secrets to a juicy love life. This is the book that you've been waiting for to end your singlehood. Order your copy of Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life, available at Amazon.com now. And say goodbye to singlehood. Shh, over here. More exhilarating talk, HealthyLife.net.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you are joining us. Barbara Marks Hubbard is with us. This hour talking about a beautiful new book, The Evolutionary Testament of Co-Creation, the... real opportunity we all have to face the future and make a decision about going forward, that we have some agency. We often feel like this is happening to us. We don't have a choice. There's nothing I can do, blah, blah. Uh, Barbara has gone into the Old Testament and various uh, related texts and um, says to us, wait a minute, I'm, I'm interpreting this in a different way. Uh, the message is clear to me. Listen up. We can actually align ourselves with this higher consciousness. We don't have to extinct ourselves. Barbara, before we went through the break, I, I said there's there's a section in here that talks about the Lord's Prayer that sort of breaks out these aspects of this mysterious transformation and the ability to do so. And you're going to address some of that. Start with the Lord's Prayer, for example, because Matthew and Luke both talk about this, what is the meaning and what is, from your perspective, the the, the sort of history, uh, um, sorry, the <laughs> mysterious meaning behind this prayer that so many of us know? Okay, so this is from Matthew 6. It
2: begins like this. After this manner, therefore pray all of you, our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be your name. So then I write, let's consciously connect the creator of the universe, who is eternally present in each of us, each of us, the precious, the precious member of the creation. That conscious connection signals the contact with the designing intelligence. By that contact, we tune in to the intelligence of the creator. That goes on, so that. Hallowed be thy name. Then the next one. Your kingdom come, your will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. We pray that God's will be done now, for the divine will and ours are one. If God's will be done on earth, we will be in heaven. The power is with us now if we choose to be with it. We have free will. A choice is ours give us this day our daily bed help us meet our deficiency needs those lacks we have worked to overcome ever since eve ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil before that time we were creature humans unconscious participants in the creation we did not know ourselves we did not know our limits we did not know of our own death nor did we strive to overcome it we felt no need beyond the moment. But once we ate of the fruit, we entered the painful period of self-consciousness. We learned how the creation worked in preparation for our rejoining it as conscious co-evolvers. That's a wonderful one. Mm -hmm. And I'll do one more here. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Let us not forget ever again, that we are one with God and all people as well as with all creatures. This is the ultimate temptation of humans, to believe we are separate from God. We are often like children who try to kill their parents to inherit the kingdom. This cannot work. It's not the way. We inherit the kingdom by loving God and becoming mature enough to join the creative intention in responsibility capable of being responsible for the good of the kingdom so it may survive in glory forever. So I'm taking and translating the Lord's Prayer into something that we can now do something about. And it's, it's always been true personally, but it's also true socially now. You know, we can do something about global warming, and if we don't, we'll die. That's a big thing. That's a big awareness that, you know, we're affecting our own evolution. So, you know, when you said it's this Pollyanna and this goody-two-shoes, I don't think so. I think the crisis is forcing us to evolve or die. So that's not goody-two-shoes.
1: Yeah. Well, well, no doubt that's not goody-two-shoes. I, I think my what sort of comes up for me again and again is this, climbing over these existing constructs like we were talking about earlier, these sort of epigenetic uh, 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 archetypal constructs Mm -hmm. about the way that we are in relationship to our uh, creation, right? And we're breaking out of that. And you're offering us a way to look at, wait a minute, what if that's not true anymore? You know, we, we we need to take a look at somewhere else from some other place. Well what's interesting if you look at the origin of Homo sapiens, you
2: have Homo, uh, you have Homo erectus, Homo um, Neanderthal, and then you have Homo, the first very early Homo sapiens. and then you have Homo sapiens sapiens, this brilliant species. We came up out of a long lineage. Ever? Ever one of those species has more consciousness, freedom, and order, and capacity to act as gods, which is to say to kill or to create, Mm -hmm. which we can do at a far greater scale than, let's say, Homo erectus could have done. So I am just making the assumption that out of Homo sapiens sapiens is coming Homo universalis. Now, this is not about a perfection, and nobody ever does anything off- off the mark but it's that it's a higher it's a higher frequency Mm -hmm. and I believe when I'm talking to you it's a higher frequency than one who wants to go out and kill somebody
1: that you don't agree with I believe that Well, well, the the question remains though how does unconsciousness become conscious right I mean it depends on your map Well,
2: well no I mean the earlier question is how did homo sapiens become conscious in a Neanderthal world the mystery is this is what nature does (laughs) you didn't do it you didn't create self-conscious humanity but something did so and it created it out of Neanderthal which it created out of homo erectus and so on so you have to be amazed at the fact that not only that but out of quarks electrons and protons came you so nature is a mystery of the divine process of creation. Right. And once you get that the tendency in nature is to higher consciousness, more complex order, greater freedom, you don't feel you're in a neutral universe. And materialistic science says it's neutral. It, it could go either way, but it's continued to go toward more complexity. You can see that in looking at evolution. I'm taking that... Same tendency that could do that is doing it now in some of us.
1: Right. And so, our agency and that, we're going to talk about that when we get back right after the break. What can we do okay. to help it along, Nature? Does she need our help? Uh, is our That's a good, good question. Good yeah. question. Well, we're back right after these messages. More with Barbara Mark Hubbard when we return.
0: of seeing everyone around me partnered, but not me. I'm pretty and smart, so why can't I find someone? I'm tired of being the single girl at the party and going home alone. I'm lonely and depressed and feel like there's something wrong with me. That was me venting. Now, I have completely changed my perspective to love and dating after I have discovered the book Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life, proven tips successful women use that help them avoid frustration, unhappiness, and the worry they'll be alone forever. Soulmate expert Lori Abella, together with 29 other experts, reveals sexy secrets to a juicy love life. This is the book that you've been waiting for to end your singlehood. Order your copy of Sexy Secrets to a Juicy Love Life, available at Amazon.com now. And say goodbye to singlehood. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where. Relationship expert, author, and radio host, Marianne Camerado, is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about CORE Certification, Certificate of Responsible Relationships, www.MarianneLive.com, CORE Certification, learning tools to attract, build, and sustain great relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the northern california area www.marianlive.com Net the Positive Radio Network.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're with us and you're hanging with us. Uh, a topic. I'm not sure there's a bigger one on some level. The evolution of the planet of mankind as we know it. Barbara Marx Hubbard is here, and she has good news. She has a reinterpretation, an evolutionary perspective on where we're going, and how Jesus and the disciples, uh, actually, uh, in their his apostles rather, have uh, re- she's reinterpreted some of these messages um, in a way, in an effort to help us connect with the God inside of us, to take the responsibility. We can stand and face. Uh, what looks like an apocalypse that's you know, closing in on us from every side. And, and right when we were talking about that, Barbara, you said, well, you know, nature has brought us through billions of years of evolution. The Homo sapiens, sapien is where we have ended up, isn't this extraordinary? And then I said to you, well, does that mean that nature doesn't need our help with this issue? You know, do we have no agency here? So let's speak to that. That's a great question. I think
2: what's the breakthrough is we're ev- we're aware of nature. We're aware of the pattern of evolution called cosmogenesis, you know, from the Big Bang to us. We trace it. We see, you know, the universe was formed 13.8 billion years ago, and then the first life came in, and then the Earth, you know, Earth was a rock, and the bacteria came in. In other words, the science has traced the scientific aspect of the story. What they haven't done is identified the inner aspect of the story, which is the impulse of evolution or consciousness force. And my own understanding of it is that out of the consciousness, that created the beginning of the universe, the consciousness force, the divine intelligence, not as a God controlling it from above, but as a divine intelligence creating it from within, has been at work to create beings capable of being aware of evolution and participating in it mm-hmm. consciously. Mm-hmm. You might say the intention of God is to create god being right so, so we are nature is the answer is what i'm hearing right we are nature but now we're nature come alive with the understanding of the process of nature okay. to create higher organisms got it oh. and so you know that we now have seen a lot of that from the beginning of creation see darwin didn't go back to the origin of creation he was talking about natural selection within certain species which has which is one observation, but it does not include the origin of creation in the mystery story of so, uh, 13 billion years. So you and I right now, are we have inside ourselves an impulse that comes is an expression of that whole thing incarnate in every human being. Right. So when, when you say that people don't know what to do, it's very, very true. Most of us don't. But here's what I have found. If you can just meditate and tune in to the impulse inside you that attracts you towards something, whatever it is, it can be very simple, it can be a sport, it can be a type of activity, it can be like myself to understand something, and then you say yes to that attraction. So what you're doing when you say yes is you're activating the impulse of evolution within you Mm. that yes like I said yes when I got depressed after having five children and I loved my children and my husband but I didn't have my life purpose Mm. and what I've learned is that you have to discover through what attracts you the unique purpose that you're born for Mm. and when when you can say yes to that and it doesn't have to be a big deal but it has to be something that when you do it, you feel self-rewarded. Mm. I, I would wonder if you feel self-rewarded when you do this interview. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's a self-rewarding activity. That means it's your vocation to do that. Mm. I am self-rewarded by responding to this interview. Mm. It's my purpose to be an evolutionary communicator. And so anybody listening in can tell when they're doing the life purpose because it becomes self-rewarding in the doing, mm. and it has to be of service beyond yourself. To be, then you become self-actualizing.
1: Beautiful. All right, we are coming up to the top of the house so now. Everybody's excited, sitting at the edge of the whatever they're doing right now. And they're like, okay, maybe I don't know what mine is. How do I find out, Barbara? Help me, help me find out. How yes, get, uh, yes, more intense. We can. Right. So I want everybody
2: to email me and um, be in touch with me because I'm now doing seminars and trainings and education in all of this. Beautiful.
1: All right, folks, I'm going to help you find out where Barbara Marks Hubbard is. Right this second. If you're online, go to evolve.org, E-V-O-L-V-E dot org, or barbaramarkshubbard dot I'll spell it Barbara, B-A-R-B-A-R-A-M-A-R-X-H-U-B-B-A-R-D dot com for more information. Uh, you can reach Barbara directly. The invitation is there to tap in. We've got we tap in,
2: and we we have every other Sunday we have a free global communion call people all over the world, and it, we resonate, we express our deepest purpose, we meet in small groups so we're, we're it's not a church but it has the quality
1: of an evolutionary spiritual reunion beautiful well we want to say yes to the impulse that is inside so we want to invite you to say it to the impulse that is inside you together. It's the invitation. It's here. It's on deck. Barbara's got her new book to help you do it and all kinds of support and tools available. Barbara, parting words for folks as we come up to the top of the hour here.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, a crisis is birth in each one of us. And each one of us, as we say yes to the impulse of creativity and love within us, are turning on the greater, passionate power of the creator within. Because that creator within has direction, purpose, and it has something for you. And yet you don't have to figure it
1: out all alone. You have to join with that impulse within you, and you are guided. Mm. That just feels good in every mo- molecule of my being that I'm aware of. <laughs> Sending out that beautiful invitation. What a... Le- Barbara, we are so lucky to have had you here this hour. Thank you for your devotion to this work and for helping uh, join us all together to uh, make sure we uh, survive on the planet. <laughs> Great job you have. Yes. Thanks for, for being the, uh, the spearhead in the way that you are. And, uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of followers out there. And uh, everybody else, stay tuned. We're going to go to break. Uh, before we thank Barbara for being with us, and you're welcome back anytime, Barbara. We love you here at Marion Live. Thank you. Thank you so much. Should
2: I say goodbye now? Hang up now?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to go to break, and I'll talk to you during the break. But uh, everybody else, sit tight. We're going to be back for our wrap right after these messages. Okay. alright okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Everybody, I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Comarado. And
0: I'm David Renault. We
1: want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that forty four percent of the US population is single
2: and over fifty percent end in divorce yet?
1: Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
0: To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one eight seven seven 877 dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff?
1: your day to have somebody who is a sage one of our elders comes who's got energy vitality a vision to save the planet oh my god it just makes me so grateful that i get to grow old uh barbara marx hubbard thanks for being a mirror for us and an inspiration for us all here on marianne live your book is awesome get a copy the evolutionary testament of co-creation uh, the promise will be kept. Hey, next week on Marion Live, Renee Mullen Masters is going to join us. Uh, get ready for this. You are smarter than you think. Oh, yes, you are. And she's going to show you how understanding the way you learn can change your life. It's extraordinary, wonderful book. She's going to be here on Marion Live. Uh, in the meantime, uh, go to Uh We're doing a little soft launch for our new website. Yeah, take a peek. We haven't done the big launch yet, but we're, we're right there. Um, Let us know what you think, info at marionlive.com. And third part of our practice, go do something for somebody. Don't let them know you did it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just feels so good. It's our practice that we do together here on Marion Live. Join us next week, everybody. I wish you every blessing. Until then, take care.